All right, thank you for joining me, Governor DeWine. I appreciate it. As we approach the end of the second year of this pandemic, are you surprised at the state we're in with case counts so high, hospitalizations, and you having to call in the National Guard to help with hospital short staffing issues? Well, we're certainly at a very difficult time um, here in January. Our problem, of course, is that we have so many people in our hospitals. Uh, many of our hospitals have had to cut back uh, on some of the services that they're providing, for example, elective surgeries. I think most of the hospitals in the north and the south and the southern part of the state uh, is starting to do that as well. So, you know, this virus continues to uh, uh, surprise us. We don't know what's next. But um, good news is we've got 70% of the adults, 18 years of age and older, in the state who are now vaccinated. And we continue to have people who are not vaccinated, you know, six to 8,000 a day are making the decision actually to get vaccinated. So we're, we're, still, we're still moving forward. You were praised at the beginning of the pandemic with how you handled things in, in shutting everything down. That was now then followed by criticism. And uh, look, we're not going to please everyone. We understand that. We know that in television. Uh, but would you do anything differently if you could? Well, I think we continue to learn. And, you know, if you remember early on, just as an example, um, we put a lot of emphasis that the scientists told us, put a lot of emphasis on cleaning surfaces. Remember, everybody's cleaning their surface. And that's, that's important. But we now know, of course, that this virus, you know, spreads, it's airborne, and that's really the way it, 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 it spreads. So we continue to, to learn things. Um, but, you know, it's um, a different stage than when we started. And we had to you know, everyone hunkered down and we had schools closed. We're at a very different stage. We now have 70% of the population of the adults who are, who are vaccinated. Uh, vaccination is now available to anyone uh, five and above. So, you know, just a very different stage, I think, now. You mentioned what you've learned about the virus since this first started. Any other lessons that you've learned in trying to lead the state through a once-in-a-lifetime type pandemic? Well, I'm not much at uh, retrospection. Uh, you know, I guess I'll, I'll think about that later on. Uh, but, you know, look, we just we continue to learn how the virus uh, is evolving. And we all have hope that once we get through January, that February is going to be better. And then we go into the spring, it's even going to be better. Uh, the Omicron virus, uh, when it hit South Africa, for example, you know, it went, it roared through there, one up very, very fast, just like it's doing in Ohio now. But also once it started going down, it went down pretty darn quick. And we're hoping, we're hoping that we'll see that here in Ohio. You know, it looks like the Cleveland area, uh, Canton, Akron, that was hit so very, very hard, is still getting hit, but it no longer uh, is going up. It looks like we've, we've leveled off there. And, uh, you know, we hope to see it start start going down very soon. So do you see light at the end of the tunnel? <laughs> I'm not sure I ever use that expression again. Uh, but look, I, I am optimistic. Uh, Omicron is very uh, contagious. Uh, we're seeing a lot of people come down with that. But if we keep in mind that the real purpose of the vaccines is to keep us out of the hospital, uh, our vaccines are doing a very a very good job in doing that. Uh, 
over 90% of the people in our hospitals who are there because, because of COVID uh, have not been vaccinated. And it just tells us that uh, if you're vaccinated, particularly if you've had your booster shot, that you're in pretty, pretty good shape uh, moving forward. The Supreme Court heard oral arguments today over the national vaccine mandate. You're opposed to that instead, really asking people, pleading with them to get vaccinated. Uh, that hasn't worked for many people. So why not the mandate? Well, my position in regard to mandates has been pretty simple. Uh, I'm against bills in the state legislature that would tell a business you cannot require your employees to be vaccinated. But I'm also against uh, what the president has done, uh, and that is put an order in compelling businesses to tell everyone that they have to be vaccinated. Uh, I think at this stage of, of, the, of the pandemic, um, you know, we shouldn't be telling businesses what they can or can't do. Government should, needs to stay out of this. But what we have an obligation of doing and what we're doing every single day is to continue to tell people what the facts are what the evidence is, these vaccines do in fact work, but also to make them readily available. And, you know, we, we've done that. We've got over 2,000 locations today in Ohio where anyone could get vaccinated, and we continue to encourage people to do that. As we turn over a new year, what are your priorities, short-term and long-term? You know, I think something that's sort of been missed uh, in the last two years when there's been so much focus on, understandably, on the, on the coronavirus is all the other things that are going on in Ohio. And there's a lot of good things going on. Uh, I think this is a great time for Ohio. We're seeing companies that are coming off the West Coast, off the East Coast, and a lot of them are actually moving to Ohio. We have a, a great uh, business environment. We keep our taxes down. We keep our regulations down. Our focus will remain in my administration on education, uh, early childhood development, early childhood education, K through 12, and then beyond and making sure that every Ohioan has the opportunity to live up to their God-given potential. And every Ohioan to do that you know, needs to have the education. So we're going to continue to focus a lot on education uh, something that my wife, Fran, has been doing at Dolly Parton Imagination Library. It's a free book uh, every single month to children zero to five. They can get, get that free book. And uh, we just encourage people to, to sign up, sign their kids up. We got about 43% of the kids now have signed up for that. It's free, free to everyone. Uh, and it's something that, uh, you know, can make a difference. You can put those books in the home and that, that makes a difference as well. This is also a big year for you in the political world, running for re-election. Uh, will that be difficult, trying to balance both roles? I think people expect me to be governor and to continue to do my job every single day. Uh, I intend to do that. Uh, I'll go back to something my friend George Voinovich used to say. Uh, he'd tell us when I was his lieutenant governor. Uh, George would say, you know, if we do our job uh, every single day, do what we need to do, the politics will take care of itself. And that's kind of my attitude. My, I think people expect me, expect me to be governor and to do the best we can every single day. And that's what we're doing. Well, it's an interesting time for sure. You're an established conservative, two challengers running hard to the right and painting you as a Republican in name only. Uh, there appears to be this rather intense pull to the right in the GOP. Are you concerned at all that that hurts your chances? 
Well, I, you know, I'm a conservative. If you look at, you know, my positions throughout my career, um, you know, I'm pro second amendment. I am pro-life. Um, you know, I, I truly, truly believe that what our party should stand for, does stand for, is to be the party of opportunity, that we want every Ohioan to have opportunity. Uh, those are conservative values, and they're my values. What about being on the ballot at the, at the same time as a possible Josh Mandel, who has attacked you in the past and, again, carries a different kind of Republican voter? One, is that somebody you would even think about endorsing? And two, concerning that voters in his corner may not go down the ticket and vote for you? Well, I'm going to say I've stayed out of the Republican primary for Senate, as you know, uh, from watching TV. Uh, it's a hot and contested race and a number of people running. So I'm going to stay out of that. I'm going to stay focused on my job uh, and on, on my race, which is a race for governor. What is your message to the voters? Why should you be reelected for another term? You know, the state is doing well. Uh, the state has a great future. We just need to continue the uh, things that we have been doing. Uh, Mahoning Valley has a great, great future. Working with Jobs Ohio, one of the first things I told Jobs Ohio when I became governor is, look, uh, you need to be focused on the entire state. And, you know, you need to worry about uh, places like the Mahoning Valley uh, that sometimes, frankly, feel feel left out. Uh, we've been able to make some real progress in the valley. We're going to make more progress. We're going to bring more jobs. Uh, we're going to work with, continue to work with the local elected officials, Chamber of Commerce. Um, we have a we have a bright future. Uh, we have a bright future because we create a, a business climate in the state that's good. We create a, a climate, um, you know, where we keep regulations low, keep taxes low. Uh, it's an awesome place for people to come and, and do business. And our job really is just to continue to focus on education, job training, making sure that, that no matter how old someone is, they have the opportunity to get a good paying job. And that's what we focus on every day. Governor, any final words here uh, with, with what's going on with your office in relation to the state of COVID in, the, in, in Ohio or, or any programs or, or, or things that are going to be coming out of your office anytime soon? Well, you know, we've been involved in, in so many things. I, I know one of the concerns that people have uh, is violent crime. And, and I, I certainly share that. Um, we have set aside, asked the legislature, and they did it, uh, a quarter of a billion dollars to go back to local law enforcement. Uh, to local cities, local communities, to focus on violent, violent crime. We have a bill in front of the legislature that would say that if someone is a violent offender and they've been convicted before, and then they are found in possession of a gun, which they no longer have the right to do, um, that that person, the judge would have the ability to lock them up for a long time. What police will tell you, uh, whether it's in Youngstown or Warren or wherever it is, you know, they're going to tell you, I think, that it's a relatively small number of people of the criminal element that are committing most of the violent, very violent crime. We just have to go after them and we have to lock them up. And these are things that we're, you know, we're going to continue to work on. Uh, we were asked earlier uh, this year by Youngstown to give some assistance uh, in dealing with violent crime. Uh, we came in and, and some of the highway patrol and our public safety folks we're involved in that. So we, we get it. Uh, we get that violent crime is a problem and we're going to continue to work to help. 
Governor DeWine, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. We really appreciate it. We'll be with you. Thank you. Thank you.